Grab your Bible and look with me to Luke chapter 22. If you didn't, whoops, Luke 22, if you didn't bring your Bible with you today, the passage is on the back of your sermon outline. Uh, let's dig in together. Luke chapter 22, we're going to read verses 14 through 20 this morning. This sermon series is about the, the passage in Luke that has to do with the Last Supper, and uh, we're going to start in verse 14 this morning. When the hour came, Jesus and his, and his apostles rather reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until, I, until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. This is the word of the Lord. So last week in, in talking about uh, the story of the Last Supper, as you look back up a little bit above there, we talked about verses 7 and following where uh, in making preparations, Jesus sent a couple of his disciples out. And you remember he said, as you're walking in, you're going to find a person carrying a jar of water, follow that person. We talked about the fact that we don't always know where exactly God is leading, and so we have to step out and follow wherever he's going to go and trust that there'll be divine appointments and opportunities along the way. So we talked last week about trusting God as we walk forward. This morning we want to get into 14 through uh, the verse 20, and there's a detail in there that's kind of confusing at first, and so I want to unpack that because there's great spiritual significance behind it. If you have your sermon outline, let's start with uh, that question. What's going on with verse 17? The question is, why is there an extra cup in Luke's version of the Last Supper? Why is there an extra cup in Luke's version of the Last Supper. So let's make sure we're all on the same page and talk about uh, the, the, where that shows up. So look at 19 and 20 with me first to start. 19 says, And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them. This is my body given for you, do this in remembrance of me. So that's the part where, as we do communion, we uh, break the bread. Verse 20, in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for, for you. So there's the part of communion where we uh, take the cup, and, and we remember there. But as you look back up in verse 17, verse 17, we just read 19 and 20. Verse 17 says, After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. Now, what often happens as we read, and this may have happened as I was reading it a moment ago, is in our minds we're like, okay, this is a Last Supper passage, and so whenever a cup is mentioned, we know that's a communion cup. And so as we heard verse 17, we're like, okay, that's a communion cup. And we don't pay attention to where when you get down to verse 20, there's a communion cup again. And so as we look at that, there's a cup in verse 17 and there's a cup in verse 20. So the question is, in the original version as Jesus was doing the Last Supper, was there like a cup to start, and then they did bread, and then they did another cup? So should we be doing an extra cup whenever we do communion? Or is there something else going on here? And the answer is, there is something else going on here, and, and there is something, as we understand it, that is very spiritually significant 
to what is happening here for us to understand the larger picture of what Jesus is trying to get us to. So as we understand that, I want to give you the next point, but first I want to unpack these verses going down through to make sure that we're all on the same page. So let's, um, let's establish a few things, and then we'll get to the next point in the outline. So the first thing we need to establish, and this is really important, is that this is happening at the time of Passover. Now, how significant is it? Well, let's look at how many times Luke mentions it. If you have your Bibles out, let's go back to Luke 22, verse 1. Now, the festival of unleavened bread, called the what? Passover, was approaching. So there we have one reference. Let's go down to verse 7. Uh, then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the what? Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. There's mention number 2. Let's look at verse 8. It says, Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the what? Passover. There's reference number 3. Going down to verse 13. It says, They left and found things just as Jesus had told them, so they prepared the Passover. There's number 4. And then finally in verse 15. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you. So we're only down 14 or 15 verses, and it's already been mentioned five times. So th it's not incidental that this is happening at Passover. In fact, in general, uh, as you are reading the Scripture, especially the Gospels, but in general, when you're reading the Scripture, when it mentions that something happens at a particular time, a, a particular feast or a, a particular time of the year, in general, you need to pay attention to that. Because almost always that is significant for what is going to come after. And it is incredibly significant for what's happening right here. Uh, to give a for instance of that, actually I was working uh, a couple weeks ago on a sermon that will be coming up on Sunday night in the, in the John Gospel of John series. And, um, and so I'm working on this sermon, and there's a lot in this particular passage, a lot of moving parts, a lot of pieces in there. And so I kind of went in, I was trying to figure out where's the handhold that I can kind of get the big idea of this passage and, and be able to kind of work out from there. And so I'm looking at it, and I, I can't figure it out. So then I kind of come from another direction, and I can't figure it out. I came from another direction. I couldn't figure it out. And so finally, as I'm reading the passage, I recognize that at the very beginning of this passage that I was working on the sermon, it mentions the particular time frame of when it was happening. And this particular story in the Gospel of John happens at Hanukkah. And I thought, well, maybe that's significant. So I did a little research on Hanukkah and what the spiritual significance of that is. And then understanding that, I went back and read the passage, and everything fell into place. It had to do, the, the fact that that event happened at Hanukkah was not accidental, but rather it was significant for everything that was coming after that and the truth that Jesus was trying to convey. In the same way here, as we come to this Last Supper and it happening at Passover, it's not just incidental. It's not just accidental that it happens to occur then, but rather it is incredibly spiritually significant that what happens, as far as the Last Supper goes, that it happens at Passover. So first of all, there's a bunch of mentions of Passover, and we need to understand that. Also look with me just for a second at verse 14. There's really two meanings there as we look at verse 14. It says, let's read verse 13 too, They left and found things just as Jesus had told them, so they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, 
Jesus and his apostles that reclined at the table. Those four words there at the beginning of verse 14, I think, have a dual significance. There is the, the immediate and, and obvious significance of, okay, they, they had prepared it, and when the hour came, for them to eat. But as you know throughout the Gospels, there are a number of times where Jesus will anger some people, and they want to go and kill him, and he gets away, and what will the Bible say? It'll say his hour had not yet come. And so Jesus, as he is going forward, there's a time frame for everything as he's going forward, and there are certain times where certain things are supposed to happen. The Last Supper and Jesus' death don't happen, well, I don't know, let's just pick it up, that's a day. No, it happened at a particular time. And so when it says here in verse 14, when the hour came, it's not just that it's the hour for them to eat Passover, but it's also that this is the hour for everything that's going to lead up to his death to happen. Everything is falling into place according to the time frame that God the Father had established for everything that Christ was going to do. So, we have this time frame going on. We have it happening at the Passover. <clears throat> so let's go back down to 19 and 20 for a second. We read that a moment ago. But let's just note it. So, 19 and 20 are the Last Supper passage. It's Jesus establishing communion. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So Jesus establishes that as we do communion, we are supposed to have a loaf of bread or something to symbolize the loaf of bread. We are to symbolically, or really, depending on which way we want to do it, break it, and that that is symbolic of and a reminder of his broken body. Then verse 20, he establishes the cup. It says, In the same way, after the supper... He took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So he establishes the second part of communion, which is we have uh, the bread, and then we also have the cup. And we'll get more into the significance of both of those in a few minutes. So that's happening in 19 and 20. So now let's go back to verse 17. So we know that the time is Passover, and we know in 19 and 20 that he's going to establish communion. He's going to establish the Lord's Supper. But in 17, this is what we talked about earlier, after taking the cup, now remember the, the cup for communion is in verse 20. Verse 17, after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you, for I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God that sounds like a Lord's Supper passage. It's not. Jesus in verse 17 is not celebrating the Lord's Supper. What is he celebrating? Let's go to your outline, and then we'll, we'll explain the details. More than just the Last Supper, this passage has the First Communion and the Last Passover. This passage has the First Communion and the last Passover. Is 17 part of communion? No. Is that significant? Incredibly significant. Because the time frame of what is happening here is the Passover. And so as you look at verse 17, when Jesus says, actually let's go up to 15. 
because there's not just the drinking in verse 17, and part of the Passover meal, and Passover was a meal. They were to sit down, and they were to share this meal together with between 10 and 20 other uh, Jews, and they were to have that meal. And so Passover, it's not just a holiday, but rather it is a meal that they are to share. And so Jesus, having, having all this happen at Passover, he sits down to eat Passover with them. And actually, as you go back up to 15, we have part of that too. He said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. So actually, 17 mentions the cup. We were talking about the cup earlier. But actually, as you go back to 15, it mentions the eating too. So there was both eating there because that was part of the meal, and there was the cup because that was part of the meal. And so they, as they gather together in 15 and 16 and 17, they are sitting down for the Passover meal, and this will be the final Passover meal that will be that will that Jesus will be a part of. Look at 16. It says, "For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God." So what a lot of people say because they don't unpack this passage correctly is and I've heard pastors say this before, you'll we'll celebrate communion and somebody'll say as part of communion they'll say, "Well, you know, uh, Jesus said that he would not be part of communion again until the kingdom of God comes." No. That's not what he's saying. Communion is later in this passage. When Jesus says that, he's not talking about communion. He's talking about Passover. He's talking about Passover. Let's read it again just so we're on the same page. 15. I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover. I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again. Eat it again, the Passover, not the Lord's Supper. I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. The same thing happens later as he does the cup. Look at 17. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you, for I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And so what we find here is that Jesus is saying, Okay, he's about to establish communion, and that's something that we continue to do to this day, and in fact, we're going to celebrate it this morning because we're still part of the church age. Jesus establishes that in 19 and 20. Before that, though, that's going to be the first communion. Before that, though, he says, this is the last Passover that will be celebrated. Now, does he mean that no Jewish person will ever celebrate Passover again? No, he doesn't mean that. Because obviously, for 2,000 years since he said that, there are a lot of observant Jews who have celebrated the Passover meal. So he's not saying this is the last Passover that anybody is ever going to celebrate. Because there are Jewish people who do not believe in Christ who will continue to celebrate the Passover. Rather, what he's saying is this. And the importance of this cannot be overstated. What he is saying is, we have been, as Jewish people, celebrating the Passover all the way since the Exodus. And we're going to get into the passage here in just a second in Exodus that explains what that is. And right now, Jesus says to his disciples, what is about to happen is going to be something that will end the need for the Passover until the kingdom of God comes. Look with me back in Exodus for just a second. In Exodus 12, Exodus 12,
And I just want to look at a few verses and get the, just the broadest outline of what happened back when it was first established. Exodus 12, second book of the Bible. Exodus 12, let's look at 21. And we'll read uh, three verses there. Exodus 12, 21. Then Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go at once and select the animals for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take a branch or take a bunch of hyssop, dip it into the blood of, in the basin, and put it on. Put some of the blood on the top and both sides of the door frame. None of you shall go out of the door of your house until morning, when the Lord comes through the land to strike down the Egyptians. Remember, this is about the Israelites are getting ready to leave Egypt um, through this miracle of God. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, He will see the blood on top, on the top and sides of the doorframe, and will pass over that doorway. And He will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down. Hopping down to verse 37. The Israelites journeyed from Ramses to Succoth. There were about 600,000 men on foot, besides women and children. So what do we see in this passage? The Passover lamb is slaughtered, the blood is placed on the door, and they are protected from death. The Passover lamb is slaughtered, the blood is placed on the door, and they are protected from death. Now, let's go back to the Gospel of Luke, and the next thing in your sermon outline. In light of the strong connections to Passover, what is the point of communion? What is the point of communion? And the point is this. The lamb is killed, and his blood protects me from death. The lamb is killed, and his blood protects me from death. As you go back to, or from Exodus to Luke chapter 22, we now begin to understand the significance of what exactly is going on here. Again, we said the Lord's Supper is about to be established, The first Jesus is going to put an end to communion. Why? Well, you go back to the book of Exodus, and we see that the symbol symbolism of that was, okay, they slaughtered a lamb, they took the blood, they put it on the door frames, so that as the angel of death went through, they would be protected by the blood, and then after that, in verse 37, we read that they were able to get out of that and go to the promised land. We then fast forward, that's the symbolism, and now Jesus gathers with his disciples, he's about to establish the Lord's Supper, and first he says, this is the last Passover that is going to happen. Why? Because the symbolism of the Passover is the lamb is slaughtered, the blood is put on the door frames to protect them from death, and they are able to move out to the promised land. And the symbolism, not the symbolism, but the reality of what Jesus is about to do is Jesus is the Lamb of God. He is about to die, and His blood will be able to protect us from spiritual death. And we will be able to go from there into the promised land that Patty without any coordination on my part, spoke about in that poem earlier that speaks of the home that we are to have. Look at how important this is. Let's uh, look over, let's go back to Luke chapter 22 for a second. As we understand that, let's look at 19 and 20 again to understand the shift that is happening. So as we talked about the, the Passover stuff earlier than that, now as we read 19, a lot of us, as we kind of gather 
a, a lot of even Christians don't really get, you know, this is just some kind of a, I don't know, it's a ritual that we do. It's, you know, we, we kind of do it as something that, that's just part of our services every couple months. And they don't really think about the significance of it. 19, and he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So we go back to Exodus, and we see in Exodus they were to take a lamb, and the lamb was killed. The lamb was slaughtered. And as that lamb died, we then understand that there was something that happened through that. As we go forward to verse 19, he took the bread. The bread is symbolic of his body, and he is the lamb of God. The bread is broken, and it says, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus is the Passover lamb. His body is broken, and it is through that brokenness that we are able to find forgiveness. And then look at verse 20. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Remember back in Exodus, we saw that they put the, the blood on the door frames, and the idea was that the blood of the lamb that was placed on the door frames, the angel of death would pass by them instead of coming in and killing them. The blood protected them. We then go forward today, and we're not talking about physical death, but rather we're talking about spiritual death. And as I have received Christ into my life, he is my, my the, the, the Passover lamb, he is my sacrificial lamb. And as he died for me, the blood that was applied to my heart allows spiritual death to go past, and I have the hope of eternity with God someday instead of the hope of eternity away from God someday because the blood of Christ protects me from my sins and allows me to be forgiven. Now, let's go over to, um, let's go over to Revelation for just a second to, to look at how important this idea is and how often it shows up. As we think about the, the things that are to come, Look in Revelation, let's, we'll just be brief, but Revelation 5, and the point I want to make out of this, and I'll go ahead and tell you so you can pay attention as you go through, is, as we talk about this, is this just a nice idea? It's not really that central, but it's a nice idea. Or is this something that is core to who Jesus is and what he has done for us? I want you to notice in Revelation, as it refers to Jesus, how often he is referred to by the title of the Lamb. Revelation 5, 12, and 13. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. They're referring to Jesus in this praise, and of all the titles that he is worthy of, the one that they choose to use in this moment, which is an incredibly important moment in Revelation, is that he is called the Lamb, which points us back to Passover. Let's go over to Revelation 17. Revelation 17 and verse 14. Revelation 17, 14. It says, this has to do with one of the final battles. It says, they will wage war against the Lamb, but the Lamb will triumph over them because He is Lord of lords and King of kings, and with Him will be His called, chosen, and faithful followers. Going over to 19 and verse 7. In 19 verse 7, it says, this is getting us close to the wedding supper of the Lamb. 
And in 19.7 it says, Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and His bride has made herself ready. Revelation 21, getting over into the, the final new Jerusalem, new heaven, new earth. In Revelation 21, verse 22, it says, I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty, that's the Father, and the Lamb are its temple. And then finally, Revelation 22 and verse 3, it says this. It says, No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and His servants will serve Him. And so over and over again in Revelation, we see this idea put forward, Jesus is the Lamb, Jesus is the Lamb, Jesus is the Lamb. Why does it say that over and over again? Because the most significant thing that Jesus ever did for us is that He died on the cross for our sins that we might be forgiven. Why is it that we, we celebrate baptism? You do that once as a Christian, but then as we come together every couple months, we celebrate communion over and over again because we are to remember that because the core of our faith, the core of our faith is the death of Jesus for our sins, which leads us to the last thing this morning that we need to understand, and that's it. Passover ended, so is communion now permanent? And the answer is this, no, because a new kingdom is coming. No, because a new kingdom is coming. Let's go back to Revelation chapter 20, or I'm sorry, to Luke chapter 22 for a second and talk about the, the limits of this new thing that has happened. So we had the Passover, Jesus ends that, and then we go on into communion. And that's what we celebrate today because we're still in the church age. And then it says, let's go back to 16 and 18. This is up in the part where Jesus is celebrating the last communion. We read this earlier, but let's note specifically what he says. In 16, having just talked about eating the Passover, in 16 he says, For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Now remember we talked about earlier, Jesus is not saying, I will not eat of the bread, I will not eat in communion again. This is not about communion. This is about the Passover. So Jesus is saying here, I will not participate in the Passover until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Verse 18, same thing with the cup. I for I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. What's the reference to the kingdom of God coming? Well, do you remember last fall and winter when we were talking about the different things in the end times timeline? And one of the things we talked about, you remember we talked about the millennium. And so what we have is, as you kind of go through everything, there's the moment where Christ returns. We have the return of Christ to the earth. He actually takes care of business and sets up the millennial kingdom, which is the thousand-year rule of Jesus on the earth. So when he refers here to when the kingdom is to come, until the kingdom of God comes, he's referring to the millennial kingdom. Look with me just for a second over in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. This will be the last thing I want to look at, but this is important. 1 Corinthians 11. It says the same thing. In 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 26. Now this is a communion passage, the, the larger chapter. We're not going to unpack 
the whole chapter. But in, in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six, it says, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until when? Until he comes. So what did I just say? Well, it's the exact same thing. We said the second coming of Christ, he returns to earth, and he establishes as he returns to earth the millennial kingdom. So it's all there together. He said, I won't drink it, I won't participate in this again until the kingdom of God comes, and that comes when Jesus returns. So those two go together. So until that time, Jesus is not going to participate in the Passover. So why will he at that time? We are in the church age now where we are trying to see as many people saved as possible. We are trying to, to bring forward the opportunity to be safe to as many folks as, as they can. And so we go forward and do that. Then we shift into the, the time when Jesus returns and it's a different dynamic. Something different is happening. And in that moment, we shift from communion to something different. Why do we shift from communion? Well, still in 1 Corinthians 11... It's important, and, and this again is something, you know, every month, we, every couple of months when we do communion, we say this, but we don't think about it. So let's think about it for a second. Why does Jesus tell us to say this particular thing? It ties perfectly in to what he said. Look just above there. Let's look at um, 23. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. That's something that we heard back over in Luke chapter 22. This is my body, which is for you. Do this, what? In remembrance of me. Now, we kind of say that, that's just an empty phrase. Do this in remembrance of me. Well, what, why do we do that? Well, we do that because we look back on Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and we receive salvation through that. So Jesus dies on the cross for our sins, but now he, goes, uh, he ascends up into heaven, and we are the ones that go forward. And it's really important as we go forward as the church for the last 2,000 years that we need to keep central what needs to be the most central thing. And the most central thing is not the Bible, even though I love the Bible and think it's great. The most central thing is not church, even though I love church and think it's great. The most central thing of our faith is Jesus Christ died on the cross to forgive us of our sins. That's the central thing. And so he says, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Every time we celebrate communion, it's basically us saying, let's keep the main thing the main thing. Let's keep the center of our faith the center of our faith. He says the same thing down in verse 25. In this same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this, is the, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. It's the same thing again. So let's go forward. So we said that when Jesus returns and sets up the millennial kingdom, at that point, as I believe a celebration of all that he has accomplished, there will be another Passover, not to reinstate that Passover meal as a permanent thing, but I believe as a celebration of Jesus as the permanent and lasting Passover lamb. But also, as that happens, it will be the end of communion. Why? Look at what it says there. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in what? In remembrance of me. Why do we have to remember him? Jesus isn't here. 
Now, he's here spiritually speaking, but Jesus is not about to walk through that back door and say, here I am. And so it's important for us as Christians to come back to the centerpiece of our faith and say, listen, we need to remember Jesus. We need to keep that at the core because that's the center of our faith. And so as we do communion, we always say, do this in remembrance of me. Same thing down in verse 25. Whenever you drink this cup, do this in remembrance of me. The reason we will not have to celebrate communion anymore at that point is that we will no longer have to do anything in remembrance of Jesus because Jesus will physically be present to rule on the earth. And so there's that shift from, we had the Passover before, Jesus is here saying, the Passover is done, now we go to communion, because Jesus is the Passover lamb. And that continues all the way up until he returns someday, and at that point we no longer have to say, we're going to do this in remembrance of him, because Jesus will be here, and we won't have to remember him anymore, because he will be present with us. And so all those pieces come together. And the significance of that, as we look back in Revelation, I'm sorry, in Luke chapter 22, the thing that we need to remember this morning is this. As you go up to those verses that we talked about earlier, 15, 16, 17, 18. Through Jesus, the Passover meal ended. Why? Because the Lamb has been slain. His blood protects us from spiritual death. And we are going to the promised land. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning for all that Christ has done for us. And I thank you, Father, that the price has been paid. And our sin has been forgiven. And that Jesus loved us enough to be our permanent Passover lamb. Father, I pray that each of us would be incredibly thankful as we come to the communion table this morning for what has changed because of Jesus' death and the future we have to look forward to. I pray in Jesus' name. And amen.